Hubhopper Originals. Hello and welcome back to Hard on My Sleeve. This is Mancha Kaur and you're listening to me on Hubhopper. As you know, today's episode is the last one this season. I wanted to end season 2 with a very special and important conversation. Today's guest is Shinali Khuller Shroff. Shinali is a Mumbai-based writer who has worked as a journalist, a corporate communications professional, and owned a successful PR firm in the past. She regularly writes for publications including Condé Nast Traveler and HD Brunch on modern Indian life and feminism. She's authored two bestsellers. The first one, titled Battle Hymn of a Bewildered Mother, and the second more recent one is Love in the Time of Affluenza, the book that's the spine of this episode. I highly recommend that you read it. Here's a brief about it that I picked up from goodreads.com. A novel that probes the norms of marriage, love and adultery among the urban super wealthy. Love in the Time of Affluenza is a hilarious social satire set in Mumbai. The story explores the lives of three women as understood from the eyes of its protagonist, Natasha, a happily married mother of 3. She begins to ask some difficult questions about her own life after she stumbles upon her closest friend Trisha's affair. So I'll leave you at that and I really hope that you purchase this book and read it because honestly it was one of my favorite reads of 2020. So without wasting any more time, here's Shanali. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. So how have you been? How was 2020 for you? You know, I have to say the 2020 was I managed to read, write and travel. So I really can't complain. I think the challenge has been for children to do their online learning. So I think that I mean, I really shouldn't be complaining. It's been a different year, but I got past it at least past 2020 unscathed. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that. No, that's lovely. What I want to start off our conversation is by asking you whether there's an underlying message that you're trying to convey through your book Love in the Time of Affluenza. So I think when I first started writing my book I really had no message to convey. I wanted to tell a story and as I was telling the story as I went along there were certain things that bothered me. Things like the hypocrisy in society, the double standards with which women are treated, the the so-called privileged class rules are still made by men and women not only often endorse and support them they don't even realize that how unequal the balance is yeah and so i decided to tell the story about how there is so much hypocrisy and there is so much i wouldn't say misogyny no it's not misogyny but patriarchy and double standards yes in even the upper crust of society which is supposed to at least be more educated uh, well traveled more exposed it bothered me like it bothers me when a girl says that my in-laws get upset if i go out on weekdays or it bothers me when someone tells me that you know my husband gets very angry if i stay out beyond 11:30 at night and i'm like 
why do you need that permission? You're 40 or you're 38 or you're 35 and I, you're always going to be answerable to somebody. And so I noticed that if a man strays outside of his marriage, there's a lot of emotional and social pressure on a woman to forgive him and take him back because, oh, he's a man, it was his need. But if a woman does, she stands to lose everything. Yeah. So these are the sort of things that I used to observe and I used to see that there are women, there are some women in this society who, in any society actually, who want to live life on their own terms. Uh, They're brave enough to do that, but more often than not, they suffer the consequences of it. Okay. So I just, while writing about it, I was writing about the pressures that today's woman is living under. You want to be a good mother. You want to be a great hostess. You want to have great careers. You want to have a perfect body. Mm. It's all on you. And um, even today, when men take care of their kids, they say, yeah, I'm babysitting my child today. So that's the whole thing. So I think, I mean, I am feminist at core. I've always been, and I've grown up in a home with a mother who, who's been very forthright and, you know, she's a feminist in her own way. So, so I've been raised in a family where the time that we were growing up, there was a lot of equality in my own home. No, that's, that's really interesting. For me, I spent the first 14 years of my life abroad and I come from a family where, you know, my grandmom was a really strong figure. Like she was like the first batch of women economic students in India. She was like, I'm going to have a career. I remember like it's this really interesting example. And I sort of remember when I talked to my friends when I was in school and college, you know, I always talk about how I want to build this career for myself where, you know, I want to buy this house. I want to, you know, be able to afford this or that. But I was never thinking from the perspective of, I want to marry somebody who can buy all this for me. Yeah. But as one gets older, you sort of come across, you know, more and more of, and and I think it's naive to think that, you know, these things don't exist. They're so deep rooted in certain people that they don't even realize as they're talking that they're actually... That's what I'm saying. The brainwashing has been so systemic that, a lot of women don't realize that there is this invisible hand that's pressing them down. Yeah. They don't get it. And even when it comes to marriage, I've seen a lot of people around me. I got married really young. Me and my husband, we were just, you know, we just want to get married. And our families were like, please wait for a few years. But we wanted to get married super young. But now I see more and more friends around us getting married. And it's so crazy because people are from such educated, well-to-do families. But the sort of practices that exist are shocking it is ridiculous the way that the girl's family is treated you know all of these unsaid rules how a girl is supposed to move into her husband's high school bedroom yeah for example like she doesn't even have a say in picking out the curtains to her own room it's just ridiculous and this happens I mean, what I'm seeing and I was really shocked about was that this is happening in educated society. Like That's it. Almost even more so because, you know, you're moving into an already set up house on a certain yeah. road and whatever, whatever. So it's more yeah. about that where at least people who are, say, not that well to do, you know, they're starting their lives together and they're still more quality. And they're taking some decisions jointly in professional yeah. families. Yeah. They have joint accounts. 
but uh, i think women married into wealthy families uh, have to still i know of many girls who get their kharchi from their mother in law uh, i'm talking about wealthy families they, they of course don't have their own accounts unless their father has given them something that's different but i'm just saying that it's all too convenient for men and we've given them a big hall pass and we've given a lot of mother in laws a lot of hall pass in keeping like in a lot of marwari families these things happen that mother in laws play an active role in controlling their daughter in laws and grooming them and then the daughter in laws when they become mother in law they do the same thing so it's a lot of internalized misogyny in a way and uh, so it bugs me when i see that which is exactly why so i was talking to my daughter the other day and i said you know when you get married i don't want to keep karwa chauch she said no i'm totally going to do it it's such a lovely tradition i said do it if your husband does it for you and if you want to do it for the fun of it do it but my mother told me there's only no to do it my mother used to do it yeah. okay and my mother in law doesn't do it and when i got married i didn't and then my friend was doing it and my daughter was born and they were doing this whole thalika yeah. ceremony and i was like oh god my daughter will never get to see this i used to attend it with my mother and so for one or two years i actually fasted but i fasted to be a part of the tradition as a young girl to see how it felt uh and not at the whole thing of pati parmeshwar and his long life and then i couldn't keep up with it i was like you know what this is really going against who i am and i i didn't follow that through yeah so my daughter said no mama it's a lovely tradition i totally want to do it you know when you're really in love you want to do these things yeah. it's going to be soon and i was like you know don't tell me then when you do it don't <laughs> you know that that this is a really interesting example because again you know my so i come from a really nuclear family and like my dad's always been on my mom about like and even my grandmom she would always tell my mom to not keep it she just be like yeah. it is not required but yeah. enjoy the whole community aspect i think that's that's the thing i think yeah. the one or two years that i did it i did it only yeah. to enjoy the whole tradition of it yeah. but i was also too young to question it but when you question it you're like what the hell no for sure and, and you know i think i got married and i mean my husband is a phenomenal guy so i really wanted to do it cuz i think it was right before diwali and i was like this is a perfect opportunity to <laughs> to lose weight <laughs> yeah, just to lose weight and so that's the reason that i did it and my husband was like well no way are you doing it alone if you are doing it we're doing this yeah. together see so that's I, what i'm saying yeah. so that's okay that's perfectly fine and really each to their own but i'm just saying that so many things we do and we are answerable for and we take permission for i just don't get it so anyway that's why i wrote what i did yeah and and it's a really really good book so according to you who is the modern indian woman see uh, i don't know how many modern indian women there are there might be many in the sense that there might be many aspects to what is a modern indian woman but broadly speaking i would say that the modern women that i know are questioning old norms i think being cultured and traditional is one thing but uh, walking through life like you're somebody else's property is another thing and i think the modern woman is beginning to question that because i think she is trying to free herself from the the shackles of patriarchy and you see that happening everywhere and i see the more the more their financial freedom increases the more they will put up with less nonsense which is dished out to them yeah you know for instance i know personally i know a girl she's a 
suffering in a marriage and her parents don't want her to come back home she's in a really terrible marriage and even her kids are going through a lot of emotional abuse but her parents are blaming it on her and saying your place is with your husband keep your peace with him now i don't know firstly i don't understand what kind of parents these are so she said that i'm going to find myself some work and then she started working she's not earning enough but she's moving out by paying some small rent to a studio apartment okay and she she's in her mid 40s So when you say um, who's a modern Indian woman to me, she's not somebody who reads books or is very intellectual. She's just one of those sweet everyday girls that you're likely to meet when you go to your club, okay? Or one of those nicer school mothers who are just helpful and who are very calm and patient and not tiger mothers and not political mothers who are there to you know find a seat for themselves in the school committee. So. this is just your average sweet everyday 40 something girl and she now had the courage to move out yeah so i'm saying that the first thing is the modern woman is questioning second thing she's trying to liberate herself by being financially independent and the third thing is that she's taking bold steps and putting her happiness before all the pile of expectations of her family her husband's family and everything and right now i think it's going to unsettle and break a lot of families a divorce rate is on the rise but i think that this is necessary and i don't equate feminism with hating men okay i don't think anybody who says women are superior to men is a feminist because feminism is equality feminism is saying i respect you and you respect my rights and my freedom okay so that sort of understanding of feminism that we have men haters and we have the sorority of women who are just going to trash men or not at all uh, i think that at the end of the day we are all human beings and there are men who are progressive enough to understand uh, what women need and seek but then there are also a larger number of men who believe they are woke but actually they are not you know So I think it'll be a long while before the pendulum will hit the balance. Yeah. And since you mentioned that, do you have a few examples of when men think they're woke but they're not actually? Oh yeah, men who mansplain. It happens on Twitter all the time. There are men who think that they know more than you. And there are men who who feel that see, here's what I want to say that if you get the card off for me, or if you pull a chair for me it's a part of common male courtesy but if you suddenly start saying that oh you girls want freedom also and you want me to pull the chair for you also it's a false equivalence yeah yeah one is part of you being a stronger man and also i'm not insisting you pull the chair out for me and try hold the door for me all i'm trying to say is that there are certain things that are just more charming when men do it yeah okay just more charming there are men who conflate that with oh you want equality you want freedom but you also want me to hold the door and wait for you to sit in the car are that is a part of tamiz yeah <laughs> right so this is it so i think they are very confused men are very confused right now hmm. but i think yesterday there was a very landmark judgment in favor of priya ramani who got acquitted in the mj akbar case yeah and mj had employed some 97 99 lawyers against her for defamation because she had she was the first one who wrote a story about how he had tried to misbehave with her and sexually make passes at her in a hotel room which she'd gone to for an interview a job interview 
and you know we were all on the edge of the seat when we were following the baron bench was tweeting the courtroom uh, drama that was going on and their judgment it is so beautifully justly written it says that a man's right to reputation isn't greater than a woman's right to dignity i'm paraphrasing it because he had level charges against her of trashing his reputation okay so this is what i'm trying to say that there is a change in society now yeah and i have a big problem with the man saying oh you are too aggressive yeah. uh, is a man ever accused of being aggressive is that looked at something of a something of a big problem in men no a man is is never labeled as aggressive but a woman speaking her mind and being pushy oh she's so aggressive or oh, she's an alpha female so i'm saying that these pejorative terms that a aggressive man is never pejorative aggressive woman is pejorative why yeah so we don't have to be pushovers to be feminine you know that's the other thing you can be feminine and you can still stand up and speak for yourself yeah so i think the modern woman is learning hopefully to speak up and she needs to speak up more and more yeah you know but you know at the same time you just mentioned this i think what you said is also really true where on the other aspect is that with extreme feminism or what is an actually feminism is that women who are slightly girly or they want to be girly in certain ways that has nothing to do with them standing up for themselves they kind of looked down upon us women like who shouldn't be that way when you say girly what do you mean when i say girly i mean if you want to dress up a certain way for example yeah yeah you actually enjoy doing things that are considered say you enjoy doing up your house or say you actually do enjoy cooking which is not to say for the family and and no, but even if you enjoy cooking for the family nothing wrong with it and anybody who's judging people for this is then actually quite stupid i'm sorry to say <laughs> at least i don't know anyone like that i'm fortunate enough maybe i'm older so i'm not exposed to this sort of nonsense but you can you can be domestic and fond of doing domestic chores without being labeled i mean just getting my husband to cook for me doesn't make me a feminist what nonsense these yeah. people haven't understood what it really means yeah. that's what it is okay so the next thing that i want to talk about is that as a mother to two girls what are some of the values that you're consciously trying to instill in them so from a very young age i used to just keep asking telling my girls to be kind yeah and to never take away another person's dignity as in when it comes to staff there is an entire generation of kids who speaks very badly to people who work for their parents yeah you know you did this you lost this you broke this and when i first saw one of my kids speak badly i actually drilled it into their head i said this woman who is talking so rudely to has a daughter your age would you like it if i worked in somebody's home and that kid your age yelled at me and you know they are just putting up with a bad attitude because they have no choice so that was the first thing and the other thing i keep trying to teach my kids i mean i really wanted them to have a strong sense of self because only when you have that you don't go on pleasing people and doing things because you want to belong and you want to be accepted so i think as parents we can expose them to our ideals and our views and hope that 
they will imbibe it. But then the environment also plays a very big role. Uh, my problem with this generation is that they're living for validation from social media. And which is why that strong sense of self, because everything is not about people liking your selfies. And life really does go a lot beyond seeking fame and wealth. Because I, I keep talking about this, by the way. I noticed that because of all the reality shows, the Kardashians and all that. And because of all the Instagram influencer yeah, yeah. You know, zone. Uh, and YouTubers. Children today, I feel, are think that fame and wealth are the only two things being pursued, worth being pursued in life. And I keep telling them that they are not because fame plus wealth does not necessarily mean happiness. Yeah. Okay. So um, I say, don't go by, don't, don't get carried away based on what you see. It's all being acted out. Even on a reality show, it's being acted out. So I, I do my bit. Let's see. I don't know. I mean, nobody can really say that I've done a good job of instilling the right values in my kids because you do what you have to do. And then you have to just hope that they turn out yeah. decent. When we were growing up, at least when I was growing up, um, the only influence the external world had on us was, well, our friends who we hung out with and books and newspapers and magazines that we read. But I think that young girls today post all sorts of pictures in their Instagram stories and they go to apps to make their bikini bodies narrower. And it's become such a thing to post your bikini, young girls, teenagers to wear bikinis and post pictures and you know, I find that really disturbing. And I've been spe- speaking to my older daughter about this. And I'm bring, trying to tell her that, please, you see, when you see others do something, you normalize, it becomes normal. You yeah. think that's how one should be. One is looking good in a bikini, post a picture. But there's so many predators out there. And why should anybody have to see how you look by the pool? Yeah. Limit that to the pool side. You're not, some, you're not some model for some lingerie or bikini beachwear brand. So that's the thing. So I'm just saying that, you may lead by example, but these days, uh, the, in, the influence, I mean, children are under a lot more things that can influence them than just what we had in our time. So, Especially with, like you said, the whole influencer culture, like I think everyone, even people uh, in their, whether it's their teens, their 20s, their 30s, their 40s, everyone sort of, and I hope that's going to calm down a little bit, but everyone just in this race to somehow become one of those. Uh, I know. And it's it's really sad because, you know, when you come across a lot of these people who are those influencers and then you see that, you know, their life isn't all that or they yeah. aren't actually happy or they don't actually have those, you know, friends yeah. that are portrayed yeah. online or yeah. Yeah. Uh, you really see how different it is and except everyone's running towards, you know, trying to become like that. And yeah. I, I think it was Eminem or somebody who was just... You know, I, I wish everyone could be famous for a day and be really wealthy for a day just to see that this is not the answer. Hmm. So, That's it. Yeah. But I don't think these kids get it yet. So I don't know. I'm not saying all children are like this. I'm saying that I noticed that there are a lot of kids like that today. Yeah. yeah. Do you ever regret giving up your full-time career to raise your girls? I tell you what, I've written about this as well uh, for one of the publications. I do regret giving up my career completely. Hmm. I should have reduced it to consulting and kept it going. 
and then when the time was right i would have come back to writing anyway because my first job was a writer i was a journalist so i would have eventually come back to that because i really did enjoy writing i think that i mean this is why you make some mistakes and you learn from them and as much as i've enjoyed being around my daughters and i've enjoyed every enjoyed it every step of the way okay and i i mean it's great to not have any regrets and say that you know i never missed out on any special moment of my children uh, growing up not one and it's a great feeling because i think that um motherhood is really such a fulfilling beautiful experience for those who opt for it but having said that i feel that if i had kept my financial freedom on the slow burn and of course my husband is likely to say what do you care about that do i do because i think that every woman needs to work to have her access to her own money no matter what no matter who her father is no matter who her husband is but these are things that occur to you much later in life yeah. you know so i keep telling my daughters that uh, when you get married or when you grow up you can take a little sabbatical from work but never ever ever get so carried away that oh my god i don't want to work i just want to be with my baby okay you you can still there are women who do everything and raise kids there are pilots who have children women pilots for god's sake okay so that's the one very important thing that i really do have regrets about and what is your advice to women today who are just starting on the path of motherhood you know just how they can balance work and motherhood my advice to those women would be that don't not work because you can mm. don't sit at home and raise your kids because you can afford it because at any given time you need yourself and your self identity and your kids are going to grow up and go away you don't know what life will throw at you ultimately you will be your own refuge okay so keep your career on the slow burn no matter what after the first one or two or three months of maternity leave please do something and you know a lot of times i was giving this advice to somebody recently and she said yeah you know now my girls in college and i'm thinking that at least for the sake of killing time i should get back to work i said no wrong approach mm-hmm. i said get back to work to be able to earn a living for yourself i'm not saying that you will straight away be able to pay all your bills or you have to i'm saying that a lot of us give up work to sit at home and be full time mothers because we feel the husband's earning enough i don't need to do it you need to do it for yourself if you're not realizing it now you'll realize it 10 years later and the other thing about working isn't only about financial independence i think when you work while not only do you have your own identity you have another life for yourself where you have work colleagues you're exposed to a completely different thing from just being a wife or being a mother and you cannot subsume your identity if your parents have educated you you've been to school you've been to college you've done bharatanatyam you've done kathak you've played polo you've ridden horses you yeah. can't give it all up to become this one person who's just living to accommodate everybody else's need yeah so strike a balance i'm not saying that abandon your kids and just hire nannies and maids and have them raise them i mean if you choose to do that that's your own decision for me that would have never worked because i had a mother who was always always available to me yeah and for me it was a very important thing in my life to just always be there for my kids yeah but there are so many opportunities to work from home these days and there are so many opportunities to work part time and when your kid goes to school you can definitely get up and instead of going for the ladies lunch 
or their kitty party or whatever people go to find something that you want to do some vocation these days online there are so many opportunities and you know what i've seen at least around me people my age that this is again like more of a phenomena that i'm seeing in families where people are really wealthy you know because say you're marrying into a family or you come from a family where everything's taken care of and you know what you earn may not really add to the overall wealth of the family or whatever you just like what's the right. point and you kind of just let it go and it was really interesting i think because growing up my parents always i mean i never saw this disparity where you know it was like my brother and his career or education or whatever was more important but you know the thing is that one can tend to get caught up in all of this when you see everyone around you sort of having these having filler careers where it's i'm doing this to kill time and correct like a hobby you're working yeah. like a hobby so yeah so it's a hobby like yeah which you know which is crazy because again one tends to get influenced and then i remember i think the first year year and a half of me being married always hmm. a really driven person who knows where you know where i want to be where i want to go what i want to do and somewhere for a year year and a half i was a little influenced by all of this and then my father in law he told me he's hmm. you know mancha your somebody who i've always seen to be like somebody who's really driven and all of that please retain your identity do not That's get influenced and you know you earning is not about you know you need to start doing this or that for the house like yeah paying bills yeah yeah it's not about paying bills it's about your identity exactly do it for I yourself think you know it coming from him um yeah. i was just yeah you're right you know i'm i'm getting influenced by what some of the people around me are doing but eventually a career and a hobby they're very different things and you said it right people do a lot of the times if they are in a well off enough position yeah. they focus on their hobby but a hobby is a hobby it's not giving you that sense of financial independence at all it's not no and that's what i'm saying that a lot of time people confuse working for having to uh you know kill time it's not that you need to work because it's a lot of things yeah. it's self identity it's money it's your own circle it's your own life what are you going to do when your kids leave for school and college yeah then you'll become a needy clingy wife so yeah so as like india urbanizes herself and you know our relationships have a more western approach to them and feel to them so where do you stand on that I think the one thing is that everyone is versus before it's more about you as an individual which is great uh, but it's also people are becoming and I see this around me where in any equation there has to be compromise like of course of course indeed yeah on both sides and and the problem yeah. is that in india i think it was solely on one side but now i think it's at a point where nobody wants to compromise for the other person and it's all about me 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 and it's both ways right oh so, see i'm not exposed to this because my age group is either married or permanently single because they've decided not to marry or they couldn't find somebody to marry so uh I I am only exposed to people who are dating on uh, Bumble and I mean I don't know how modern relationships are panning out but I just find that people have so many options these days that they are not giving themselves to that one thing because they feel that the 
next woman or next man is just one more swipe away. And so even if you meet somebody really good and exciting and fun and interesting, you're not giving that relationship or that encounter a fair chance um, because it's become sort of like McDonaldization of relationships. So that is one aspect that I just don't understand. You know, while there are people who will argue and say, oh, I met so many good people through these dating apps and I met a great guy or whatever, those are few and far between. I think people are really impatient. And as far as being accommodating is concerned, I, of course, you see, there's an argument to be made for people growing up in joint families. I did not grow up in one, but I'm told that people who grew up in joint families are more attuned to the needs of other people and therefore more accommodating. Uh, but now with people living in nuclear families and people choosing to have just that one child, yeah. uh, then, you know, it is actually, if you look at it, it's just a different system that is being churned out socially. So this can't be helped. I think that it's not just a Western trend. I think it's, it originates from the single child. Even with two kids, I'm saying parents are really overstretching themselves to keep their kids happy. Yeah. And uh, so it's not just individualism or people not uh, compromising. It's just that people have been taught never to be disappointed. And that also that they're always right. So I think that there's a whole lot of things and I don't see how that is going to get uh, addressed anytime soon because, again, anthropologically speaking, this this has been happening cumulatively since industrialization, since people moved out of uh, villages into bigger cities and towns to work. What is certainly not helping is that Again, I'm coming back to kids. Kids are watching so many shows on Netflix these days, including Big Little Lies, Big <laughs> Little Liars. I don't know, all those shows. Uh, 13 Reasons Why, uh, Riverdale. I don't know what kids are watching these days, Gossip Girl. That all these shows that normalize cheating, that normalize adultery, that normalize gossip, that normalize just bad human behavior. Yeah. actually so it is going to confuse people yeah. it's confusing adults it's confusing kids it's confusing everybody but then what would you say what is your definition of a healthy relationship or marriage i think uh, just with anything marriage or even friendship between two men or two women i think that you both need to work around each other's problems and make things work and you have to you have to compromise on certain things you can't compromise on everything but i think that ego is the biggest problem here a lot of times when you are self-aware and you realize that you reacted to something in a certain way not because uh, it is an assault on your belief system uh, because that is understandable if your spouse is doing something that goes against your core value of course it's going to be an issue but if it's something that just troubled your ego. Yeah. Then it's, so that's what I'm saying. This whole individualism is leading to the rise of the ego in a very big way. And yeah. people need to just be self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. And, and sort of like, um, like you said, because there's so many examples, like on TV shows and movies and even some of the books and whatever. It's just that people, for a lot of people, when they look at their parents, they see that like as an outdated system. 
and then there's like no in between right now because it's for a lot of people they're just like no we're not gonna get married in that way or we're not gonna you know we, we are going to date people and we are going to do these things and for a lot of people their parents didn't do that or didn't have it that way right but because there, there isn't that example so close to home and also for a lot of Indian kids these are things that you hide from your parents or mm. there's no example so you sort of turn to these tv shows and you turn to these movies and you turn to these yeah for your value system yeah, for your value system. And then you don't know where to draw the line. Two people could be perfectly compatible and they could be perfectly in sync and all of those things. But then somebody's ego will be hurt or somebody will just be like, no, I want everything my way. This is what I have chalked out for life. This is how I've planned it. Now you fit into my life. And then the other person thinks the same way. And then suddenly you have two otherwise really compatible people not you know being yeah but but you know on the other hand i think that um, this is how things are in the universe things are in a flux and they're changing and if this is making people happy and living a life alone and not being married or being uncoupled or whatever is making them happy why not why suffer in a bad marriage or a bad relationship agree so but- i'm just saying there's no right way to do this or no good, right, there's no fixed formula around this i think that people will do what they have to do they're confused and uh, I think that it'll be a while before they can find answers to this. But I'm like, whatever Raksha, vote and makes you happy, go for it. Yeah. So then your one thing to like a healthy relationship, marriage, friendship is that ego should get out of the equation. Yeah, of- out of anything. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But firstly, you have to realize it. If you don't realize that it's your, you're reacting from your ego, yeah. uh, then how will you address it? So where do you stand on the topic of adultery? And also, do you think a couple can move past it? I've known of many couples who move past it. Because uh, marriage is such a long journey. And when you marry somebody in your 20s, uh, you're no longer the same person in your 30s. And you're no longer the same person in your 40s and 50s. I've known people and I've known of people who have moved past it and thought of it as just something that was a learning curve or a bump or whatever on the path to whatever. But again, each to their own because some people can't move past it and some can. And those who can't forgive or can't accept it and they choose to move on, that's fine too. I think that, yes, relationships can move past adultery. Yes, adultery happens. It's always happened. Okay. Uh, and in every society to some extent, I think now it's more prevalent because people are leaving homes and going out to work and doing things. I think earlier only men indulged in it and now women are taking their chances as well, but it is what it is. Yeah. So you, you can see that the whole balance of society, which so far was being held together by the Hercules shoulders of women who were raising their kids and keeping their home together and looking the other way when the husband was... Yeah misbehaving they're not doing that now they're themselves saying i want to do the same thing so i i guess sooner or later it was meant to happen yeah i that's why i've dealt with that subject in my book yeah a lot of people like you said most people are if they're in something even if it's great they don't give it a chance because it's always like okay what else is out there what else is out there So I've personally seen a lot of people in thriving equations who are just not sure whether they're with the one and whether they're, you know, this is the person that they want to end up with. So do you have any advice? I think the advice is that we're looking, there's just no concept of contentment. There's greed. Mm -hmm. That's a kind of greed. 
what's more, what's more, let me find what's more. So it's like sometimes when I'm ordering food on Swiggy or Zomato, I'm very confused. Okay, should I get Chinese? Should I get sushi? Yeah. Should I get sashimi? No, let me get some ramen. Oh, no, no, no. I feel like eating kulcha. So the thing is that because we have so many options, right? Yeah. If Swiggy had served only two restaurants, then I, on any given day, know it's either this or that. So I think that somewhere the choices and the opportunities are making us seem that happiness is there in some distant future. Happiness is right now. Life is what's happening to you right now. We don't even know if you'll get to that point. Okay. So I think meditation is therefore very important or a deep spiritual practice to anchor you. Anything that works. If it's dancing, dancing. If it's meditation, meditation. I think that something that can anchor you and give you time to reflect uh, and to contemplate and to look at your life and to look at yourself. I think everybody, you know, you go to work, you come back, you go to a dinner party or you watch something on Netflix and you go to bed. If we lead our lives on this sort of a fast lane, there's really going to be no time to look within. But I think we all need that one thing we do even for a bit in our day when we're just bored and silent. People are scared of boredom. Again, boredom has become a really terrifying term. And that leads to no self-reflection. No self-reflection leads to us chasing a mirage. That, you know, maybe that girl or that guy would be better. Maybe that job would be better. So, you know, it's like you go to Zara and every two weeks the collection changes. There's a new season and people are looking at human beings like that now. And I think it's a very shallow way to live. Yeah. I think one has to learn to live with awareness. That's it. And... The fact is that to this generation, your and the next generation is also very seeking. So I think that when people seek, they'll find answers as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's really wonderful advice. And I think especially because a lot of, you know, people my age and hearing over and over again how people are terrified to be alone with their thoughts. And yeah. But I was like that as well, by the way, when I was, when I was in my... 20s and even early 30s I was really terrified to be with my thoughts and which is why when I came home for, from work uh, if my husband was around or my, I was in with my mom or something I'd constantly be making plans to go out yeah. you know or talk to somebody on the phone for hours but then I came to this myself so I'm sure everybody will stumble and falter and fall and then find their own way yeah I think that's such a good note to end this episode on we're going to quickly move on to the rapid fire, which is just five questions. If you don't like any question, I have... Don't answer. <laughs> ...backup questions. Okay, go for it. All right, okay. A non-negotiable quality in a man. Mm, humility. A man you admire and why? Very cliche answer, my dad, really. Because my dad was... A truly enlightened, compassionate, big-hearted, calm, patient, and contented human being. Sum up an ideal relationship in one word. When you... How do I say this? When that person is also your best friend. One thing that you do to keep yourself sane as a mom. Just, I have a lot of me time. That's very important. I, I carve it out. I do it somehow, anyhow. So that. The best piece of advice that you received till date? 
actually i've received too much advice so i'm just thinking i think the best piece of advice is that life moves inside out and not outside in you sort your inner life out your outer life will get sorted so if you look for happiness outside in things and people and company but your inner life is hollow then you're not really going to be a happy person what a great note to end this episode on thank you so much this was really really fun and thank you for wearing your heart on your sleeve and being so uh, <laughs> candid i think this is going to be a really important episode for a lot of people my age as well so thank you thank you for having me mancha all the best to you thank you bye take care bye 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 and with that we come to an end of this episode and season i hope that it was empowering inspiring and eye opening I can't tell you how special the season's been for me. Like I mentioned, season 3 is already in the works. You can expect it to be out in a couple of months. So that you don't miss that or any future updates, make sure to click on the subscribe button or the bell icon. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram where at the rate hot on my sleeve official or you can reach out to me personally. I'm at the rate mancha kor anand. While we're out of season, make sure to give our previous episodes a listen if you haven't already. Until next season, please stay safe, journal, meditate, exercise, look after yourself. See you very 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 soon. Bye. इस हब हॉपर ओरिजिनल को सुनने के लिए आपका शुक्रिया अगर आप भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करना चाहते हैं तो हब हॉपर स्टूडियो वेबसाइट पे रजिस्टर करें और एक मिनट के अंदर अंदर अपना खुद का पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करें यही नहीं स्टूडियो देता है आपको पूरी आजादी कहीं भी कभी भी अपना पॉडकास्ट लॉन्च करने की सिर्फ तीन आसान स्टेप्स में तो साथ में अपना पॉडकास्ट शुरू करने के लिए तैयार जस्ट हॉप ऑन हब हॉपर सिंपली कॉन्टेंट